Today I would like to, to begin a series on the book of Ephesians. I've chosen Ephesians because it's almost the sister book to Joshua. They just sort of go together. And I enjoyed so much Joshua. And as you know, Joshua led the people into the promised land. He's a picture of Jesus Christ, a type. And through Jesus, we have entered into the promises of God. And we are to claim those promises, but there are certain things we have to do. We don't just enter into the land and everything is just rosy and peaches and cream. There were enemies in Canaan. And Joshua is equipping God's people for battle. But they fight from victory, not to it. And so we're in the same situation in time. When we are born again, we enter into the family of God. God becomes our father, and therefore we are his heirs, and we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now that's a fantastic thought, because what does God own? Everything. And Jesus Christ is his heir, and we're joint heirs with him. And so what does our future hold? We have an inheritance we can't even understand. We can't grasp it. But as long as we live in time, we have enemies. And in order to be able to stand against enemies, we have to have a strong, firm foundation. I always think about the story of the man that built his, hand on the, his house on the sand, and the winds came and blew it down. And the man that built it on the rock, it withstood the, the wind and the storms. And when we have a good foundation, we can withstand the storms of life. And as I make this speech, <laughs> we're just probably ending our period of quarantine. And it's been really hard for everybody to just totally stop and shut down their life. But it's been good in a way because we've had to examine what really is important to us. We've spent more time together as families and we've learned the differences and how to share life with those differences. And so I'm excited about Ephesians because Ephesians, the first three chapters, give us the doctrines of the Christian faith. Now there's some verses that are very hard to understand. And my role in this episode is to make it as easy as possible for you to understand what the Bible is saying. So in the first three chapters, we're going to get a foundation. And if you have one, you show, you're going to strengthen it. And then four, five, and six is our duty what we're supposed to do as a believer. But if you don't have a foundation, it makes it hard to do anything. You stumble and fall, and everything collapses around you. So we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 1, and we see that it's Paul writing. He was Saul. Remember, he killed Christians. 
I always find that unbelievable, that his goal in life was to find people that believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior and behead them. Now, if you think God can't use anybody, think about who Paul was. He was a Pharisee. The reason he killed believers is because the Pharisees believed in one God and one God only. So when someone comes along and says, I believe that Jesus was God, is God, then that was blasphemy. And so Paul, for God's sake, wanted to rid the nation of people that blasphemed God. So that was what he was doing. And you know the story. I'm not going to belabor it. But he was on his way to Damascus to to find Christians to kill. And a bright light shone. And he was blinded. And he was led to the house of a, a Gamaliel who shared Christ. And then Paul spent three years in the desert. And God taught him. He was alone in the desert. And that's why he can call himself an apostle. There are no more apostles because the qualification of apostle was that you had to be taught personally by Jesus Christ. Now, when this happened, Jesus Christ had been crucified and rose from the dead. So it's important that you know Paul was out in the desert and God taught him. Jesus Christ taught him. And he said, by uh, apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God, God willed that Jesus Christ would teach him. And he's writing this letter to the saints in Ephesus. Ephesus was one of the most important cities in all of Asia. It was a seacoast town, and the wind and the, and the rain caused the silt to form, and it ended up being about seven miles from the coast. It was a city that contained the Temple of Diana, which was a very evil city. They offered sacrifices to Diana. Prostitutes hung out in the temple, and the men would go there and take them to their quarters. Paul went into the town and just started speaking. I had the privilege of going to Ephesus about seven years ago. And a lot of it's still there. Of course, it's rubble. But I just stood there and I thought, I can't imagine. Paul just walked into that town and stood in the street and started talking about Jesus and started presenting the gospel. And it started a church. Now, the church is not what you and I know of a church. It's just where people came together either in somebody's home or sat on benches outside, and they met for fellowship and worship and prayer. So this was a church that Paul had started in an evil city. And he said, to Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a member of his body, and his church, not denomination, not a building, but a group of people that are born again. 
And then in verse 2, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've talked before, grace in the Bible must and always does precede the word peace. There is no peace from God apart of the grace of God. God's peace is a peace that is not fragile. It's not determined by your circumstances. It is a gift that God gives us. Over in John, John writes, Jesus spoke and he said, My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And that's something I think is funny about this pandemic we're going through. All the pleasures the world offers are gone. Entertainment, travel, shopping, parties, weddings, funerals, restaurants, it's all gone. Now, as this happens, you can discover where your peace comes from. Because Jesus said, the peace I give you is different from what the world gives you. Now, how do you get peace from the world? By what you have, how you look, where you go, who you are, who you know, what you drink, pills you take. All that is what the world offers us is peace. So now everybody can search their heart and find out if they are experiencing God's peace, which is described as a peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of heartache, in the midst of tribulation and great trials, you can have peace because God will give it to you. But that's for you to ask for. And then the next verse said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed means to be holy. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is holy. He is totally without sin. He is all love and forgiveness. And he is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. For us to be blessed by him is to have access to the resources he's promised us all throughout the Bible. And I think a lot of times we forget and I've used a bank account as an illustration. I'm sure if you've listened to these podcasts, you've heard me say it. You can have a million dollars in the bank and be hungry and owe a lot of money. Why are you hungry and why don't you pay your bills? There's only one reason. You don't go to the bank and get your money. It's sitting there. It has your name on it. You have to write a check. Or you go to the bank and write a check and they'll give you cash. And you can go to the grocery store and eat anything you want. And I consider that's the same. We're sitting here spiritually suffering 
When we have all these resources, where are they? It tells us here in heavenly places, in Christ. Now, remember, we've studied your position and your condition. When you're born again, you're in Christ, and Christ is in you, and that's your position. And that never, ever changes. He says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. No, not ever. But our condition depends on the decisions we make in time. You can be hungry with money in the bank. You can owe a mortgage payment with money in the bank. But you got to go get the money and buy the food and pay the mortgage. And it's the same in our life. Our position is secure for all eternity. Our condition can be ever-changing. We can be happy one minute and crying the next. And our position enables us to have a condition that's comfortable and satisfying and victorious. But our blessings are in heavenly places. I remind you again, I remember I put this on a tape. There was a time that Sam and I were financially strapped. And I panicked because we were in our late 70s. And I didn't realize that the Bible says, God will supply my needs according to His riches in glory. He doesn't need what I have to supply my needs. But He needs me to put my faith in His promises and His provisions will be there. Just try it. If you have a real need and you don't know how it's going to be satisfied, just get on your knees and say, Lord, I trust you to meet my needs because you are holy and you are righteous and you don't lie. And I'm going to rest in your word and trust you to meet my needs. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend, and God bless you.